Good morning, welcome. Um, uh, uh, one week to go before our uh, big day. If you're a visitor, as Gavin just said, we are nearly 20. I will say this only once this week. Well done. Um, some of us have been in Jubilee now for almost two decades. I was 28 years old when, uh, just after coming out of medical school when I first started coming here. My life was a bit of a wreck. Uh, in the midst of grieving and depression and chaos, God slowly restored me through you guys, the church. It's taken about 20 years, mind you, uh, and he hasn't finished yet. But you know what? I love this church. I love Jubilee. I love how across this room there are lots of stories like mine. I love how God has sent people to other places from here. I love how he, how he has nurtured some of you from childhood to adulthood and some of you now into your own families. I love how God has birthed ministries from us, how God has touched the nations through us, how many people have experienced salvation and a life-transforming relationship with Jesus. So well done, church. Thank you, Jesus. Well done for being that jubilee, joy, freedom, celebration over the last 20 years. Even through the tough times. Yeah, there have been tough times. You've trusted God. Thank you. So as part of our uh, birthday bash countdown, as I'm starting to call it now, um, we've been looking at um, Isaiah 61, the passage in the Bible, that passage in the Bible that has really propelled us over the years to be God's blessing as jubilee liberation and dancing in Teesside. A passage which Jesus, God himself, boomed out at the start of his ministry, saying, this is what I'm about. This is what my church is about. This is what the whole story of God is moving towards. It's a ginormous passage. And so week by week, we've been looking at different people groups that are mentioned in this passage and how they relate to us. What does that thing that was said over 600 years ago, what does it mean to us? Um, and we looked at um, these people groups or, 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 or peoples and we looked at God himself, we looked at the nations, we looked at the poor, we looked at the priests, we looked at the broken. And so this week we're going to be looking at another group of people mentioned in Isaiah 61, the builders, not Bob, but God's builders, you and me. So let's uh, follow Isaiah 61. Now I need the microphone, because we've got a slightly different translation this morning. Hope you'll be able to follow it. If not, you can follow it in uh, on the screen. Um, this will be in Farsi by Omid. Omid, by the way, has just got his asylum stairs, which is an amazing answer to God. زیرا که خداوند مرا مست کرده است تا فقیران را بشارت دهم او مرا فرستاده تا در شکستگان را التیام بخشم و آزادی را به اسیران و رهایی را به محبوسان اعلام کنم تا سال لطف خداوند را اعلام نمایم و از روز انتقام خدایمان خبر دهم تا همه ماتمیان را تسلی بخشم و به آنان که در صهیون سگوارند تاج به عوض خاکستر ببخشم و روغن شادمانی به عوض سوکواری و ردای ستایش به جای روح 
روحی یأس روحی یأس آنان بلوت‌های پارسایی و آن و نهال‌های مخروس خداوند خوانده خواهد شد تا جلال او نمایان شود آنان خرابه‌های کوهن را بنا خواهند کرد و ویرانه‌های سلف را برپا خواهند داشت شهرهای خراب را بازسازی خواهد کرد و ویرانه‌های نسل‌های متمادی را آباد خواهند نمود Amen. I hope you followed that. Thank you, Ahmed. We've had it in lots of different versions. If you thought that was a progression from uh, last week's King James version, right? Back on, back on to this one. So, what's God saying in all that? He's saying jubilee. Those who have been rescued from this fallen world—the blind, the poor, the broken-hearted, the prisoners—all of us. We will be transformed and empowered by God's Holy Spirit, so that now we will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, God's beautiful church, that He may be glorified. Then we, those restored and sent out people, will rebuild the ancient ruins. We will raise up the former devastations, and we will repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many generations. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are building your church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Thank you, Lord, that your church is God's planet. Thank you, Lord, that this church here is part of your kingdom plan and purposes to bring all people under the headship of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that、um, you are building a church that. Displays and shows faith in action, compassion, mercy, love, salvation,、um, worship in all those different parts of the of Teesside, this nation and the nations that need your light, your salt, your、uh, your glory. So I pray, Lord God, this morning, be our teacher. This morning, be our teacher, so that we may declare your wonderful. Wonderful message that we would join in in this building process in Jesus' name, Amen. Jim Elliot,、um, I don't know if you know Jim Elliot. Jim Elliot, one of five missionaries who was martyred, died for his faith. Uh, 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 died for their faith as they brought the good news to a um, um, a hard-to-reach people group, a tribal group in Ecuador. He wrote this in his journal. He said, "Remember." Always, that God has taught you the importance of a building ministry. A building ministry. You see, to bless and to have great meetings and entertaining church and colourful flyers and please the crowd is one thing, but to build, to toil, to produce something that lasts is quite another. Jesus didn't say, "I will bless my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it." He said, "I will build my church." Building jubilee is hard work. Building requires faith muscles and perseverance. That says, "Hey, I'm in this. I'm stuck in this for the long haul, through thick and thin, through sweat and toil." That's what building's about. So, what does the Bible say about building? How are we to be Christ's helpers and co-workers as He builds His glorious church? Now, amazingly, for a man who can't even hang up a picture in his house, or change a broken toilet seat, or more recently fix that kind of 
wheelie thing that makes the shower door open and close. I don't know. Um, if anyone can help me, you're very welcome. Phenomenally, this same person built a house. Wow. Um, yep, yeah, I mean, really, God is funny like that. Obviously, I didn't build it with my own hands, but we designed and built a house. When we first got there, it was a total wreck, a junkyard. Um, we, didn't, we didn't actually get going for six years, but one day, Nick, one day in spring, Nick knocked on our door and said, Raj, we're starting tomorrow. And he did, suddenly. And during that build, that build took a good year, um, God really spoke to me quite a lot. God really spoke to both of us quite a lot, actually, as we looked out in the garden and stuff like that as things were changing. And, and I noticed a few steps, if you like, that builders have to go through or had to go through to, to build our house. One of the first things that they went through was clearing the clutter, moving out, moving out the things that were getting in the way of the building process going forward. It wasn't that these things didn't serve their purpose before. Some of these things that actually had to be removed were, were vital in the past, actually. But now, this next new build, for this next new build, they needed to be moved on. In fact, after the clearing process, the house that we originally bought seemed a bit more empty than when we first bought it. That's what happened right at the beginning. You know what, Jubilee? There are always times in the church when God moves, repositions, stop things, changes how we used to do things, moves people on sometimes. Sometimes numbers get reduced. God's clearing process, as we probably, some of us will have experienced, can be painful. The church, after all, is passionate about the things we do and the people we do it with. We're family, after all. But it's part of the cycle of church growth. It just is. About a couple of years ago, I remember sharing here that God is changing the faces of Jubilee. We've mentioned it in our eldership um, um, meetings a few times. I wasn't really sure back then what that really entailed and how radically different that would look, but God is on the move. He is. Over the last couple of years, we've seen and felt that. As we move into our second decade of Jubilee, I want to commend you all for sticking it through. It's not easy. Church was never meant to be easy. Jeremy brought prophetically that it's springtime in Jubilee. He said the summer's not here yet, but the signs of spring are evident. For those of you who are new here, and there's even people from our Alpha course here this morning, it only started last week, um, for those of you who are new here, this is an exciting time to join us. I want to encourage you to get stuck into life, generosity, friendships and service to the church. Some of you are those, some of you are, are those new faces that God has drawn here to make a difference. You might not see it yet. You might, it might be your first week. But give it time. I remember when um, I remember when I first joined uh, Jubilee, me and Carl uh, were in the same community group. We pretty much didn't say anything for a whole year. But slowly, slowly, God started moving, and it, moving in both of us. Carl, um, along with Dave, Craig, Jill, others, lots of others, 
pretty much every week now set up this whole place. They are vital to the church. A lot of you won't even know that because they do it humbly, weekly, week in, week out. If you're new here, you are very welcome. Make this church your home. Student guys, make this church your home. Gov, grow, love, give. Yeah? Clearing to allow the new to flourish is essential in the life of church. The next thing that I noticed about our builder, Nick, uh, and his friend, Les, um, was that after the clearing, the next phase was to secure the base so that the building had solid foundations. This was all new to me, by the way. In 1 Corinthians 3.10, the Apostle Paul says, According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. The Greek word for, for master builder there is architecton, which means much more than an architect. It means it conveys the idea of like the superintendent, the overseer of the whole building process. You know what? I'm so grateful for the foundations that have been laid in Jubilee right from the beginning. Jeremy and Anne have instilled those apostolic and prophetic foundations right from 1998. Isaiah 61 has rooted through those years right from then. Our relationship with them and Christ Central, although you may not always realize it or see it, is so important. We are presently as an eldership in a process of discussing and hearing God on what the springtime moving into the summer might look like. As elders, we've set aside days to pray and wait on God for this. When Moses and the Israelites were building the ark, it says in Exodus 25:40, see that you make them according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. If God doesn't tell us what to do, I don't want to do anything. We are consulting with apostolic guys, prophetic guys, evangelists, strategy guys, bringing Jonathan uh, into our eldership Uh, meetings has been deliberate as he asks us those very, very tough, difficult questions in, in, in in a way that only he can. He has that strategic and pastoral input. Having Gavin on the team has been a real blessing too. Um, He's a strong motivator. He's energetic. Not like me, the old foggy. Moving us from reflecting and talking to seeing things through. Over the next year, the fruit of all this will gradually be made public. We'll get it out there. I want want you to pray for us, though, as we seek God with our, our leadership teams across Jubilee as we move into this next season. I want you to continue to be generous and give your time, your energy, your prayers, your money to this. We are taking real steps of faith here. Our 40K faith gap is a product of stepping out in faith knowing what God has said. But we know that God has never let us down before. We are in this together, Jubilee. Pray next week about your contribution to the gift day. So foundations are important. And the two foundations, there are lots of foundations, but the two foundations that I particularly want to highlight this morning um, as we talk about building is 
grace-centeredness and kingdom-mindedness. Grace-centeredness and kingdom-mindedness. Firstly, Jesus' message is God's grace to us. We've been singing about it all morning, haven't we? This is foundational to everything we do. God entered, uh, God entered the world in Jesus Christ to save us from the things we couldn't save ourselves from. We heard that this morning, didn't we? Jesus lived the life we should have been living. Instead, um, instead we were actually sinful rebels. That's what our life looked like. And He paid the penalty on the cross for the life we are living now. A life of freedom and purpose and intimacy restored with God. Therefore, our relationship with God isn't of our own efforts. That's the gospel, isn't it? It isn't of our own record. But through His efforts and His records, what's the work, outworking of that in our lives? It's humility. It's humility. Suddenly we realize that we're not better than anyone else. Our differences don't matter. We need God just as much as everyone around us. Grace-centered us, grace-centeredness, hear this, teaches us to love the city and love the people around us and not despise it. Grace-centeredness. The second foundational layer is kingdom-mindedness. When we read the Gospels, this was Jesus' probably favorite topic. What is it? Well, put simply, the kingdom of God is God's will being declared in all of his creation. The kingdom of God is the result of God rescuing and renewing his sin-spoilt world. The kingdom of God is about Jesus, our king, king, establishing his rule and reign over everything. As we, Jesus' cherished ones, that's who we are, gladly, joyfully enter it, live under it, are governed by it. A heavenly kingdom that is advancing throughout the earth and whose influence is increasing day by day through you and me, through all of us. That's the kingdom of God. You see, God isn't in the business, Jubilee, of saving souls by removing them from the world and taking them out, but rather He is bringing the life and power of God into every part of the world to eventually renew it and restore it through you and me. We are His builders, even me. Kingdom-mindedness leads us as the citizens of the city of God, to be the very best citizens of all. God is moving His creation to a point where one day there will be a new heavens and a new earth fully restored. If you don't like it here now, we're going to be here for a long, long time. Yes, it will be better, but we're not escaping it foundational. Two foundations, grace-centeredness, kingdom-mindedness. Grace-centeredness reminds us to love the, love the city and the people and not despise it. Kingdom-mindedness leads us to be the very best citizens of all. Foundational to the kind of church God is building here. Do you get it? Do you get it? Those two foundational principles, Jubilee, change everything. We cannot, going, we cannot go on living statically anymore. Like yeast in the door, these two things keep growing in us, challenging us, moving us on. 
Building requires clearing. Building requires solid foundations. Thirdly, when Nehemiah inquires about the state of Jerusalem after the period of exile, it says this in Nehemiah 1.3, those who survived the exile are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The, walls of, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. Is that how you feel about the state of the world? For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then Nehemiah said this, Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. After the clearing, after the foundations, then and only then do we start to see the walls. This is the bit everyone sees. This is the bit that people engage with. This is the thing that can delight or offend. So what are the walls we are to build? How does the church serve Teesside, the nation and the nations? I'm going to briefly talk about five things to end. One, we are to be messengers of the gospel. Messengers. The gospel isn't a set of rules or a list of do-its or a, or a, or a way of life primarily. It's news. It's good news, joy news. The gospel is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that has already happened in history, that changes everything, everywhere for all time. That's the gospel, that's the news. Charles Haddon Spurgeon called Jesus' work on the cross the great exchange. Jesus Christ was up on the cross, hurting, bleeding, dying, looking down at the people, forsaking him, denying him, betraying him, and in the greatest act of love in the universe, what did he do? He stared. The gospel is dynamite. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 1.6, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. That's true. Jubilee, God is calling us all to be highly effective and motivated in the way we deliver this message to people. I was just praying for somebody about this this, this morning. Making friends, encouraging them to try out, for sharing your story over, over the coffees in the library at the job center encounters, whatever it is. Karen once brought a powerful uh, picture of this when she made, I think, a ginormous envelope, and I think she might have even got in it, but I'm not sure about that. Um, um, declaring that we are the message. I think Paul Winston did something similar with an Amazon Prime box. Terry Virgo, the founding father of the family churches we belong to, says this, the whole world has been lied to and it's, church, and it's the church's responsibility to bring truth to it. You and me. And we do it thoughtfully. We do it appropriately, sensitively, engagingly, excitedly. That's important. Paul, Apostle Paul says, pray in Colossians 4, pray that I may pro proclaim the gospel clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. We are messengers of an with an amazing message. Two, we are to work this gospel out in community. 
This isn't a one-man band show. You see, we live in a very individualistic world. It's all about me, my personal faith, my home is my castle. I don't need community. I'm not getting anything out of meeting together. I'm too busy for that. I'm mature now. I've moved on from needing community altogether. I've made all those excuses. But that's not the New Testament understanding of what it is to be a Christian. In community, through continual reflection and sharing each other's ideas and experiences, through serving and contributing, through disagreements and forgiveness, through diverse cultures colliding together, through role modeling and prayer, correction even, a commitment to community, hear this, works the gospel into every part of our lives, like kneading dough. Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how we may spur, spur is a porker, spur one another on toward, loving, love, uh, toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Three, service to the poor and marginalized. One of the most profound passages in the Bible is from Isaiah 58. Um, it's something that I keep coming back to. Here, we sit, here in Isaiah 58, we see that God's not happy about churches that just go through the motions of Christianity. In fact, that upsets him. That breaks his heart, actually. What's real worship, God says? He says this, to loose the chains of injustice, to set the oppressed free, to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter and not turn away and hear this, he calls them your own flesh and blood. Radical then, radical now. The gospel jubilee is faith in action. What we are about isn't just optional charity. It's a biblical obligation motivated by grace. It's justice as God sees it. Not doing it would be unjust in the eyes of God. God is interweaving a beautiful tapestry, a majestic, colorful garment. And we as Christians are to go to the places where the fabric is breaking down, where the weaker and vulnerable members of society are falling through, where the interwovenness isn't ha happening. And in amongst those situations, we are to be people who take all the threads of our lives, our time, our money, our skills, and plunge them deeply into the lives of other people through thousands of involvements and connections and threads. Have you ever looked through a piece of tapestry or a garment under a microscope or with a, uh, or with a magnifying glass? That's what happens. Working out diligently, joyfully, God's shalom, His peace, His justice in the world. Next week, as we give to the nations, as we give to our Sunday night strategy, See, Alpha was amazing this Sunday. 11, uh, 11 new guests on Alpha this week and another three or four coming this week, this week, this tonight as well. Real amazing vibe. Adventures starting. You can see it in the li lives and eyes of people. If you, haven't, if you haven't invited your guests, bring them tonight. They are going to love it. Our Sunday night strategy as we give to next week, our kids and youth work, 
uh, and getting them to New Day and other things, our leadership development programs. Uh, pray about your contribution next week to the gift day. This is shalom in action. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart, not might follow, will follow. Three, service to the poor and marginalized. Four, being a shining light in the marketplace. Some of you have jobs. Some of you are studying. Some of you don't have jobs, but do other things. Some of you might be stay-at-home moms and dads. I don't know what the technical term is these days. Whoever you are, you are all in the marketplace. You see, the marketplace is the world where life unfolds. People make decisions where businesses play out, where art and creativity uh, gets displayed, where education is going on, parenting, marriages flourish or fall. It's just life, the marketplace. And many Christians either become tribal and stay away from all that, thinking that's horrible and evil, God wouldn't want me there, or they just assimilate and just be like everyone else. But God is calling us to be different, Jubilee. Jubilee, this is uh, what Jesus said. You are the salt of the earth, preserving, tasty. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, because that's useless. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jubilee, God is calling us in our working, engaging, doing lives, whatever the marketplace looks like to you, to be a shining influence and countercultural force for the good of this nation, for the good of relationships, for the good of people. Christians over the centuries have shaped UK society in ways that we don't even realize now. We're not to be tribal. We're not to just assimilate. We're to be shining lights, glorifying our Father in heaven. You bring church to wherever he sends you. Fifth, church planting. In the Great Commission, when uh, Jesus told his followers, go and make disciples of all nations, what did they do? They planted churches. I wouldn't have thought that. Phil Moore writes, a Bible teacher down in London, part of our New Frontiers family, he says, Paul and Barnabas went to Asia Minor, Turkey, with the power of the gospel, but their hopes for those they won to Christ were firmly bound up in the local church. The local church. This one. The church, Jesus' community of spirit-filled believers, is God's plan A, and there is no plan B. Over the last two decades, we have planted an amazing, vibrant church out in Hull under Steve Whittington and other people's leadership. We've sent people to parts of this nation and the nation to build God's church. And more recently, our church planting vision has been, working, has been working out through supporting other apostolic 
works through giving generously and, sub and, and building friendships with our New Frontiers family of churches, Christ Central, to Michael and Mabel Akosha's work in Ghana, to Mikhail and Heike's work in Turkey. This big perspective is God's plan. Paul, his oversight in um, and his, his wider oversight through the works of Nacom, just shared the other day how um, how it kind of started or it was birthed in this setting. I didn't know that. Did you know that our God is a global God and He loves the nations? To Abraham, God said, you will be the father of many nations. Psalm 22, 8 says, for the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. God declared through Isaiah in 49, I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Even in Teesside, we have the ends of the earth. You know what? Some of you might have thought in the past as we've been giving generously to the nations. Maybe even now you might be thinking it, about it, as I have done in the past. Why? When we give so, gen when we give so generously to the nations, you might be thinking, what about us? Why are we giving it to them? If we're struggling here, why are we giving it to them over there? Be honest. When you read the Bible Jubilee, though, that is not how God thinks. God's transforming worldview is much bigger than our little worlds. And we are called as churches to be part of His big international vision. That's how Isaiah 61 ends, isn't it? So the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Beautiful. Jubilee, this next season isn't about God's water, isn't about building God's walls. And this next season is about building God's walls for his glory. This next season is about toil and perseverance and faith. This next season is about seeing God's jubilee joy play out more and more everywhere he puts us and sends us. Jubilee, um, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 1.5, through him, Jesus, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his namesake. And you also are amongst those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. The obedience of faith, the obedience that comes from faith. If the band can come up, that would be great. In the second decade, let's be a people committed to just that. The obedience that comes through faith for Jesus' namesake. The obedience that comes through faith for Jesus' name's sake. What's faith? Faith, Jubilee, is the satisfied assurance that God will work things out in the future far better than I could work them out by relying on myself or from departing from the path of obedience to Him. Even if that obedience is costly, sacrificial, and some, for some of us will entail suffering. I'm going to say that again. Faith is the satisfied assurance that God will work things out in the future far better than I could work them out 
by relying on myself or departing from the path of obedience in him, even if that obedience is costly, sacrificial, or entails suffering. Jubilee, building is hard work, but we are built for nothing less. For Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. That is the hope that we toil and persevere and build now for. That is heaven touching earth. Let's stand. Yeah, Lord, I thank you for this amazing Isaiah 61 for our mission that you've called us to. I thank you, Lord, through this passage. You are challenging, lifting, moving, changing, pulling, reshaping, molding, transforming each and every one of us in this room. Thank you, Lord, that we are weak vessels needing to be used by you. Thank you, Lord, that you fill us with your Holy Spirit, the treasured Holy Spirit, jars of clay come alive by God dwelling in us so that we can be God, can declare God to others. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that we will capture that that we will bring that into our very soul, that your spirit will keep moving us on, that we will look for those opportunities that you call us to, that in the next couple of decades, that we will be the church, continue to be the church that you've called us to. And I pray, Lord, that next week as we celebrate your grace to us, your kingdom advance to us, I pray, Holy Spirit, that we will have a great time that our kids will have a great time, that we will rise in faith for the journey ahead, that we will be the community that is set on a hill, that is a light to the nations, that is your beauty declared across Teesside, this nation, and all the world. We ask that in Jesus' name.